Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something that we have nostalgia for, we then revisit it and review it to find out whether or not our hindsight truly is 2020, or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. I'm your host, Connor O'Keen, and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Michael Jobaz. Michael, how are you, dude? Two weeks off. Two weeks off. Happy New Year. First, yeah, happy first New episode Year. of the 2021. First PCAST short for podcast of 2021. That's right. I don't know about Yay. you, but uh, the clock struck 12 and suddenly it was the 1st of January and everything was right in the world again. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was thrilled to wake up uh, on, on the 1st of January and, and to find all was right. It was like I, I woke up and and my uh, my loved ones were around my bed and, and they were like, "You kind of wake up, <laughs> you're having a horrible dream." And I was like, "Oh, you I were dreamt there? it was 2020." Yeah, and you, you were, were there. there? <laughs> well, this week's episode is not <laughs> fucking <laughs> Wizard of Oz, like it sounds like we might be alluding yeah, to. Yeah, it totally does. What an awful, what an awful uh, start. There's no way to segue into the actual movie. Uh, uh, Hero, we're doing Hero, the 2002. Chinese wuxia film uh, directed by Zhang Yimou, uh, starring Jet Li as the nameless protagonist. Uh, the film is based on the story of Jin Kei's assassination attempt on the king of Qin in 227 BC. As well as starring Jet Li, it stars Tony Leung as Broken Sword, Maggie Cheung as Flying Snow, Chen Daoming as the king of Qin, and Donnie Yen as Long Sky, as well as a girl... Zhang Ziyi as Moon. That's right. I was stoked to see her in this. I I, I hadn't watched this movie in so long that um I'd forgotten she was yeah, in it. Yeah. And and when I first saw it, I hadn't seen Crouching Tiger. So yeah, she's a smaller I, role uh, in this. Yeah, much smaller, but um in, just as uh, uh what is called House of Flying Daggers. I think that's two years after mm-hmm. um this one, also directed by Zhang Yimou. Mm-hmm. She is like the lead in that. Ah, cool. Uh, so. I definitely didn't see this movie when it first came out. I saw it, uh, I want to say, probably six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend introduced me to it. Uh, and it's, uh, other than, um, as mentioned on uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the only other movie that kind of fit in that genre um, that I'd seen before watching um, Crouching Tiger was uh, this and Kung Fu, uh, Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle, which is... Uh, quite a different, quite a, a less yeah. serious kettle of fish, at least. Oh, a lot less um, serious. But I, I really enjoyed it. I, I was really struck by the visuals, by the the use of color, and um, by the fight scenes at the time. Um, and going back to it, I mean, it, I think it holds up really well, as we'll, we'll get into. Oh, yeah. uh, what was your experience of this movie? I saw this movie when I was like thirteen or fourteen, mm-hmm. and it blew my fucking socks off. Still one of the earliest like foreign films I'd watched. Mm-hmm. Not quite as young as when I'd seen Crouching Tiger, but um, it was also. But I still also watched this in English in the English dub originally, which is quite a good dub. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Jet Li dubs his own dialogue for the English version. Ah, oh, yeah, nice. I think you mentioned um, Chaeyoung Fat does the same in. Yeah, Crouching I think Tiger. that's the case with with both movies, cool. and that always helps a little bit. Generally, pretty good dub. There are there's some some parts to it that you're like, I don't like this. Again, Zhang Ziyi's uh, dub isn't as good. It's mm. it, it it has that same problem of that. It's kind of grating. Yeah, grating young lady voice that we don't have the problem with in the original Mandarin. Mm-hmm. So I rewatched it in with the subtitles because I'd only done that like once before or so. 
but yeah, I was I was so taken by that this movie immediately uh, watching mm-hmm. it. Love the concept of these assassins that are trying to kill the king, and this mm-hmm. guy has killed those assassins, so he's getting rewarded, and he gets like he's coming to the palace and everything. Like mm-hmm. really quick, neat setup that's just like immediately interesting from the like the stunning visuals of like they're actually shooting it at the um at that palace. Yeah, totally. And they managed to um really wring the most out of this uh kind of very like it's a pretty neat premise. Yeah, yeah, like very what neat. you just described as, as this guy going to get rewarded for for killing these assassins that we're trying to kill. Was it the emperor? What's it, what's his fucking title again? Is it just king? He's a he's a king. Yes. He's a king. Sorry. And then at like the 40 minute mark, it kind of flips on its head and you go, oh, okay. Yeah. And then they keep, they keep kind of uh, uh, going back over the same events, something closer and closer. Well, not even a different point of view. It's more uh, like a something closer and closer to the truth of the actual events. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as the, as it gets closer and closer to the truth, the color palette shifts from a really like vivid, vibrant red to uh, a white. Yeah, you know, yeah, white's um, a good it, one to symbolize like the truth. Yeah, yeah. When you it's think really about cool. things, like people talk about things being black and white. Mm. That that phrase, like then, yeah. But yeah, it's also um, amazing how there's no like cultural barrier at all to watching this movie. Like some kid from the outback. Um, I'm not quite from the outback, but like I don't have any knowledge of the history of China in mm-hmm. particular. And I didn't need any, like, there's not a single thing that seems to be lost, like, culturally that I'm like, I don't know, that doesn't make sense. Why are they doing this or that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's um, from the outset, like, having the the text on screen uh, introducing the main thrust of the movie mm. or the, the, the idea of the, it, it sets up the, um, the context for the movie really well and as well as you kind of get an understanding of what, themes and what's going to be at stake in mm. in the picture the what's the text on screen it says um the people give up their lives for many reasons for friendship for love for an ideal and people kill for the same reasons and then just the line of in any war there are heroes on both sides and you're like oh cool all right sweet it's a very like arty poetic way of introducing the themes yeah well look poetic is the of, um, yeah, bit of like intrigue from that that poetry. Mm, mm, definitely, and and I think poetic is the is absolutely the right word here uh, across the board. I mean, uh, the phrase "every frame of painting" comes to mind oh, immediately. God, dude, the visuals of this movie are so incredible. You could take any one of these shots, any any one setup from this movie and and make a uh, and it all looks like art it's fucking gorgeous yeah that's the thing i think that like wowed me the most um was so I, I i definitely had seen the matrix and i was keen on that and i knew that it was inspired by all these hong kong martial arts films mm-hmm. but this was kind of the first one that i seen where i was like oh this is really it's not just the other ones are like this is really fun and cool the fight scenes are awesome and it's kind of the movies are almost just an excuse to have cool fight scenes. Yeah, yeah, totally. But this, it's like, no, no, everything has fucking meaning and it's so, like, in-depth and... I mean, it's kind of, they like flip it on its head. It's like the the fight scenes are an excuse to have these stunning visuals. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and, and I'm never, like, it's a real 
feast for the eyes. It's a, a visual tour de force. There's there's never a, a moment where I'm not uh, utterly captivated by whatever's on screen, even if it's still shot. The composition is just so gorgeous. Yeah. Even as I'm, I'm as we're doing this, I'm skimming through and just stills from the from from the piece are, are just gorgeous and and so rich. Yeah, it's amazing. It doesn't matter whether it's like an actual fight scene or a huge like uh, set piece with tons of extras in it or if it's mm. just a big wide shot of two characters like very still. Yeah, even just a, a shot of a character, you know, riding out of frame or riding off into the distance or whatever is framed in a way that uh, it has a, a, a gravity to it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And, yeah, I never really thought of this movie like this. Um, until a couple of times of rewatching it, that it's like, oh yeah, this is an unreliable narrator kind of thing. Yeah, well, it very yeah. much is, but I didn't. Yeah, um, I mean, absolutely. He's but it's literally it's telling of, a story uh, to the other person. Uh, and yeah, then the other it's, person it's goes, almost no, like you're, a, you're full of shit. Rather than an, an unreliable narrator, it's a, it's a, and, and this is like semantic, I guess, but I think it's a fun way to think of it. Is it, it's a dishonest narrator. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. an ill-informed narrator, and then finally we we get something resembling the truth and then we see, you know, the real events and stuff. Yeah, and it's a, like you said before, it's a really good excuse to go back and re-kind of see the same events happening in different ways um, and that's a great mm. excuse to have lots of different fights. We can kind of see the yeah, same totally. fight take place a couple of different ways. Yeah, yeah, and recontextualize each of the characters and their motivations. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's really fucking fun and I... I I love all of these characters. Uh, yeah. uh, the nameless uh, hero is is uh, really cool. I like his his arc of like from the outset when we meet him, we you know we assume he's he's on the up and up. He's there. He's defeated these assassins and stuff. And then when the king is like, who we assume is this? Um, I mean, he's a, a tyrant. He's known as a yeah. tyrant. Uh, but we assume there's no poetry, you know, or soul to the person. Yeah. When he kind of. At the again at the forty minute mark, flips it on his head. He's like, "You're bullshitting. You're here to kill me. My candles know it. You know it. <laughs> I know it." <laughs> and 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 he's like, "How do you know?" He's like, "I will tell you my impression of broken sword and flying snow. Three years ago, I fought a battle with the two of them. They were outstanding and honorable, not the narrow-minded idiots you are describing." You're feeding me a line of bullshit and I ain't buying it. Yeah, it's awesome you know? that he's like, oh, this this guy's actually really switched on and intelligent. Yeah, And like yeah. a good warrior and, and has, in his own right and all of this stuff, yeah, all these qualities has about respect, him. has respect for his, for his adversaries as well. I really yeah. like that. We're jumping around a bit here, but I'd like to, um, when we talked about Crouching Tiger, you mentioned you picked it because it had all of those kind of classic storytelling tropes and, and uh, things that you like. Does this have that for you? Like how does this compare to, to Crouching Tiger for you? This is a little bit different because I think I like this movie maybe more, but it doesn't have as much of those, that classic kind of fantasy storytelling um, mm. narrative from, a, from an Eastern angle instead of a Western fairy tale angle. I don't know if this is very common, but it's the only one that I can think of. This is funny that it's in that genre of, um, what did you say, wuja? Yeah, yeah. But it's based on historical events where like the yeah, Crouching Tiger yeah. story is like, oh, yeah, this is completely a fictional world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I believe Crouching uh, House of Flying Daggers is also totally fictional. Um, okay. So it's funny that they picked this uh, real world event 
but then added their larger than life, uh, like superhero level warriors into this historical, uh, into this yeah historical setting. Yeah, it, turn, it, it blurs the line between like actual like history and like folklore. It's cool that way. I've mm. actually seen a film called The Emperor and the Assassin. I believe mm-hmm. it was called, and it's set around this same event, but mm-hmm. it's a much more historical take on it. And funnily okay. enough, the same actor plays the emperor in both films. Ah, cool. But they do very much more paint him as like the tyrant that he was. Right, um, okay. Over the the understanding. Well, uh, well, like there's obviously some sort of truth in like he united China, mm-hmm. became it became that cu- one country instead of these six kingdoms and he became the first emperor of China. Mm-hmm. And he and he built the Great Wall and all that jazz. So there was there's that truth to it, but then there's also the real like the nitty-gritty truth of like this was 2000 years ago and he was fighting wars and there was some fucked up shit going on. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it, it, on I both mean, sides and it's he Yeah, was, yeah. It wasn't this and I feel like, like grand, lovely, poetic <laughs> kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, sure, as sure, much as this. sure. Yeah, I feel like um, I mean this movie states from the outset the amount uh, like that there was so much bloodshed and yeah. uh, you know that he had a, his grand vision, but it, that vision was soaked in blood and and all that stuff. Um, I feel like they were pretty upfront upfront with that fact. They are, uh, and then and then they're like, but hey, look at this, you know, yeah, look at yeah. the, look how many leaves we had on set, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, which which I appreciate uh, totally. But um, so even though it didn't have that kind of folklore element as mm-hmm. much as Crouching Tiger, you just get to that first bloody scene at the the chess house. Well, it's not a chess house; it's like Go or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, I mean in the, in the uh, and the rain yeah, in the subtitles, it says it's a, a chess house, but like it's what we would understand to be a chess, chess house. I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're kind of um, they're 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 localizing it. To a point they that's do kind the, of not uh, necessary because it's like, no, no, we understand that like that board game exists they outside. Go to the, they here they as go well. to the Jelly Donut house, right? Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> yeah, Jelly they Donuts. Have, they have hamburger and hot dog, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that scene, the like it's such a beautiful set. The music is incredible. The mm. rain. Yeah, the almost like uh the the like beautiful uh almost almost monochromatic yeah, yeah. color palette. Um, but it's got a kind of like grey green kind of tinge to it. Mm. Um, is is stunning. And and the I mentioned the the phrase every frame of painting earlier. Uh, we make no secret of being big fans of the every frame of painting YouTube channel. Mm. Uh, series of video essays um, uh, that are, are fucking wonderful and an invaluable uh, resource. Uh, real wealth of knowledge. Um, there's a one of the essays on uh, Kurosawa is uh, I think it's. Uh, it's called Akira Kurosawa Composing Movement mm. and um, talks about how he used how he would use movement in a shot and how he would have different kinds of movement uh, occurring in the frame all at once. And it was like movement of people, uh, movement of the camera, the weather even moving. And I felt like uh, I, I wasn't really switched on to that when I first watched this movie, but watching it this time I was much more uh, aware of, of uh, or like consciously aware of the the sense of drama that the like the rain in that yeah, scene yeah. and it's not this heavy it's not this torrential downpour it's kind of drizzling yeah it, it, it lends a sadness to the and to the fight it's, scene it's, that, they, they that seem to be dripping later. slower than even yeah, regular yeah. rain it's such a, a yeah. gradual yeah and that that sense of um 
uh, that that morose quality or that that uh, again the sense of sadness that 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 conveys only becomes apparent like later when you when you recontextualize that scene with the understanding that oh this guy was uh, you know taking the taking the fall mm. taking a blow to to what he think is thinks is the greater good yeah really cool yeah no when you say drama that's uh, I think that's the key thing here that in this and definitely um, House of, House of Flying Daggers as well. Zangi Mo mm. comes from a drama background of genre. He hasn't ah. he doesn't do action movies a lot. I checked out a couple of his other movies after seeing these these two that he'd done that are martial arts ones, thinking like, oh mm. shit, this guy's awesome. I gotta check out his other movies. And they weren't up my alley as much. Mm-hmm. Same with all of his other movies go uh, in terms of like the visuals are absolutely stunning costumes and sets and and how all of that's captured with the camera is just like whoa that's amazing mm. but it's a mm. lot more yeah there's not there's not a lot of cool action in there where this um yeah right like it the drama is so ingrained into everything everything's mm. so like rich with meaning and and subtext and stuff mm. uh and it reminds me again of like i think i said it with the crashing tiger it feels like almost anime in live action the way that things are um, exaggerated. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's that. Um, uh, there's a, a bit later on when there's the flashback of uh, Broken Sword fighting the king. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to say. That's one of my they're running, moments. they're running at each they other. They start and it's, running. It's, it's literally. Yeah. But then when it cuts into the close up, they're like getting moved on wires or on a dolly or something, and you can just see yeah, them like yeah. they're like perfectly still and like and the, the backgrounds, backgrounds whizzing past, past them. Yeah. And yeah, it's absolutely. so incredible. Yeah, um, and they use those moments to to like heighten and and show that these characters like their special abilities that they mm, are yeah. like above other normal people. Yeah, yeah, and I think they use it too to to heighten the sense of drama between characters. Mm. Uh, it, it makes these fight scenes feel really personal and like uh, we, we talked about it with um, uh, Crouching Tiger, and I think we've talked about it with other action movies where the uh, fight scenes are just as important in terms of like character building moments as the dialogue scenes. Yeah, yeah. And when and it's good action, I, I feel it should like, be. Yeah, yeah, that should be the case. Um, and I think uh, here the the use of the the music and the sound design, especially the sound design in this movie, is really heightened as well. Mm. Something I only noticed this watch through, I think, was that mm. when they use moments of slow mo. They mm. add in the um, when a sword swings and it's in the slow mo shot. You hear like the whoom, whoom, when it like misses. Yeah, yeah. It has yeah. that like whistle to it, where it uh-huh. doesn't have that in the like the normal speed parts. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. And, but it but it doesn't sound like none of the sound effects sound slowed down. Like it still sounds like a thing. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't or- sound slowed down. It but it's it works that that kind of like that whoosh thing mm. that the sword yeah, does. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I love it, it. It it helps heighten that whole slow motion thing, um, and the same like simple things that they do, like lots of martial arts films where they put like the powder on the on the boots and stuff. So then when yeah, like, they yeah. kick them, you see that like the dust, yeah, um, puff. Like yeah. you can tell that they're actually making contact. Uh, that talking about that sequence in the in the rain, them doing that with like the the. Uh, drops of water, you know, flying off the blades and stuff. Yeah, um, especially in uh, and the. 
uh, where they, uh, sorry, the nameless hero pays the the uh, musician uh, yeah. to keep playing for them, and they're like fighting in their minds. Yeah, uh, for that whole sequence, that's so cool. Mm, mm, that's really yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I think it just works so well. So much of the theme of this film is about the whole, uh, like you know, warriors spirit. What the, what they like? Why they fight? What mm. they stand for? What their ideals are? Yeah, and so it should go to like go to show and they do it properly in this. If we're learning about characters, if these are warriors, we should learn more about them when we see them fight than when we hear them talk. And it feels like yeah, that that's, yeah. we do get like so much. Um, we learn so much about the characters when we see them fighting. Yeah. I think too, uh, it, it paints them as, as, or the, the fighting, the, the, them being warriors. Uh, it, it's so, tied into their ideals so their their ideals or what they value should uh shine through in the in the way they fight and so like with uh broken sword him being a, a calligrapher as well mm. and that being like a window into how he fights and stuff yeah that's what really his, cool what his values are is is really fucking cool way to um to to do that it was said that his martial art skills were rooted in his calligraphy in order to discover the swordsman i had to first study the artist that whole like, oh, I'm gonna get him to r- write a scroll of the twentieth variation of sword, and yeah, yeah, by yeah. seeing the way that he writes the word, I can like get a picture of. Well, he can he can understand what that word means to him on yeah. like a deeper level, and and uh, with that knowledge, know how to to take him on or whatever. It's so cool. Yeah, I love all of that uh, like f- philosophy of sword fighters and you know what it means and all that stuff and like yeah. at the end when the when the king's talking about reading that scroll and being like this doesn't show his skills it it like it's about his highest ideal of swordsmanship and mm. you know in the different stages and it's like oh and then like you know the sword and you become one thing and it's not mm. like a separate entity anymore and then like you can use anything as a weapon and like a blade of yeah, grass and yeah, cut the down sword a becomes and all, your, becomes all of your that heart. like Really cool um, philosophy stuff that I like. Yeah. I'm such a mark for that stuff. Yeah, I really sure. dig it. Yeah, yeah. I, I quite like it too. Not because I have a, a like a boner for for swords and and stuff so much, but I like the I I really like the the third stage that he talks about where it's like after that the sword disappears and there's mm. just peace. Like yeah. you 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 know you don't you don't want to fight anymore. I, I really like that shit. Biggest changes I noticed in the dub is that in the subtitled version. When he spoiler doesn't uh, assassinate the king mm-hmm. um, at the end, he tells him and he says like, "Oh, he asks him to remember a warrior's greatest act," and then walks away. But then okay. in the dub, he says that a warrior's greatest act is to lay down his sword. And it's interesting that it's like such a difference that they like. I guess in the the subbed version, they like they make the audience work that out. Like we see a shot of him yeah. dropping the sword as he walks away. After that, yes. and there's a whole thing yes, about Broken implied. Sword talking about not wanting to fight and not mm-hmm. wanting to pick up his sword. Yeah, when Snow's telling him to draw his sword and he's like, it, like, does it always have to just be the sword? Is that the only answer? So there's enough there that like people sort of understand it, but it's funny that they they decided that it wasn't spelt out enough in the Yeah, the dub. they feel the need to, to really nail it home, I guess, in the dub. But yeah, it's very much that thing of, oh, the greatest thing a warrior can do is not fight. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> or like, or, or I guess to think on what you're fighting for and whether or not it, it's uh, 
Like, is it about you or, you know, mm. is it for a greater good? Like, yeah. just I, I like the fact that there is no, I, I don't think there's any right answer here. No, not really. Like, sort of. Well, like, it sort uh, of. Or it encourages, it encourages you to, to kind of see where everyone's coming from. Yeah, you do. I think ultimately that's, that is, it is all about the greater good. And that's what Broken Sword is all about. And he eventually con- convinces Nameless. Because again, Nameless is, he explains that it's, he was, his family was murdered and he was raised as an orphan. And then he's like, no, I want to go and kill the king because I want like revenge on my family getting killed. Mm. But then it's like, oh, but ultimately, is it better to have a united, like one country of a yeah, thing? And yeah. will that be a better prospect for people to come instead of your like just selfish endeavor of revenge? Yeah, that's it. And and um again it'll it'll be a, a bloody road to that, but would it be more bloody to keep the fighting going? You know, it, it's mm. it's cool in that way. And the the word or the, the two words that he in the in the dub sorry, in the sub anyway, it says he, he puts uh down a two word phrase that, that means our land. Our land, yeah. Um but uh the a- actual word which I don't know how, if I'm gonna pr- I'm probably gonna pronounce this wrong, but it's uh I think it's pronounced uh, Tianjia, mm-hmm. um, uh, literally trans- translates to uh, under heaven, which is supposed to mean the world, okay. like the, the the whole the whole world, not just China, which I think is a, an even nicer sentiment, really. Yeah, <laughs> that's something that it doesn't translate into our language as much. Yeah, yeah, we don't have something like that in our language. And I do, I, I do really love that um, that they they humanize the the king, uh, nameless explains like that you know you underestimated one person you underestimated broken sword yeah and explains that he didn't want him to kill him and and said you know here's why and it and left him with those two words and the the king immediately starts crying and is like my own people think i'm a tyrant like i i knowing that i've been understood by a man like broken sword i can face death gladly yeah it's amazing it, it's yeah, it's really so cool. amazing that yeah we start with him telling this story that's false Mm-hmm. The the king's too switched on, so he goes. No, what I think yeah, you've done yeah. is you've convinced these people to fall under your sword, so that you'll have the chance to get within ten paces of me. Mm. And he's so fucking switched on that he's like, you've created a technique that is like perfectly lethal at this at this distance. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like hundred percent spot on. It's like that's yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. The yeah. only difference is that when he imagines it in the blue version, he's doing like the crazy like flying around the library. That circular library yeah. is such a cool set. Um, and all those mm. scrolls, like it's so old. It's like two thousand years ago that they don't have paper yet. They're mm. wood scrolls. Um, ah, which cool. is so cool. The like the history. Not in me, just like finds that little detail really interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, he yeah. does like the crazy flying around the room, um, swinging his sword, and then all of them just like collapse and roll roll down everywhere. But then when mm. we see the what the true uh, technique is, he throws the white um, calligraphy brush up in the air yeah, and then like yeah. flicks up like the whole freaking platter full of the black ones. Yeah, and it's like so and still precise. Manages to yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like stabs straight into that one. I, I really I really love too that um like I feel like in in hindsight as I'm thinking about it I feel like um the the nameless uh hero kind of at the start of the movie where we first see him he is there he he is there with the intention of killing 
the king. I mean, the king says himself, like, my candles sense your your murderous intent. Murderous I, I think intent. up until up until that that very last minute, he's umming and ahhing about whether he's going to kill this guy. He I is, think but he, that's he, what I that's what I think is so cool that we after we get the blue um, sequence of events, he's already been kind of he knows that he's been found out, so he's not going to try and like lie, which is cool. Like the the fact that the the king also realizes and they're. Like they're sitting and like discussing, really like civilized. Yeah. That it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, so you're yeah. gonna kill me now. Um, but once we get through all of that stuff, like you were saying, where he goes, "You've underestimated Broken Sword." Like he doesn't go, he doesn't go. Oh no, yeah, you're right. You you figured it out. I am here to kill you. Or he doesn't try mm. and lie about it and go, "No, no, no, really, I'm not." Mm. He goes, "Okay, now, like there was there, right, like smart that's, guy. <laughs> that, there's no, it's not that. It's just that that thing that it's like, okay, so now." Something's already started to change in him that he mm. feels the need to go, no, I'm going to tell you more spot on what actually yeah. it, what like, I think it, What I think it is, what I think it is is uh, when he, he feeds that very blatant line of bullshit, he's expecting this king to be this this kind of buffoon and this tyrant who's so self-obsessed that he would he would accept that ah yes this these assassins were stupid and and uh vapid and and having affairs and ah, fuck them i'm glad they're dead you know here's all this money you you're in charge of all these houses oh no now i'm dead like he's <laughs> expecting that to to go over because he has this uh this assumption of the king mm. and his motivations but even though he's been told by uh, by Broken Sword at the at the time otherwise he doesn't believe it mm. and it's when the king says no, no, I knew those people. They tried to kill me. <laughs> you learn a thing or two about a motherfucker when they try to kill you and don't. Though they were honourable people. Well, I think that's where he goes, okay, maybe there was some truth to what to, to why or some um, maybe uh, Broken Sword's reason for not wanting to, to kill the king uh, has some merit to it. Yeah, and so he's going to probe then and talk with him yeah, more yeah. to actually get a better understanding of him to make up his mind because it is very much like he's still arming up and arming till the very mm. end. Um yeah, right up until that last that last minute of him jumping and and the like all of the the king's dudes all the guards are at the thing at the at the the front of the the uh the great hall. Uh and I I couldn't remember how this movie ended, so I was sitting there <laughs> going is he gonna fucking kill this dude or what? <laughs> like oh my god and 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 it's really uh it's great like by that point in the movie I didn't know how I wanted it to end. Mm, I didn't mm. know what's the what's the good ending here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and so when he you know jumps up behind him and you think he's stabbed him, I was like, oh, fuck, I guess that's how this ends. And then it's the handle, and you're like, oh fuck. And then you're like, oh, oh my god, are they gonna kill him? And then you re- and 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 when he he uh, jabs the thing into the side of him, he says, you know, uh, what's he say? He says something like, remember the uh, actions of a dead man or, or something implying that he knows he's going to die yeah, for this yeah. and, th- and that he has to die for this. And, and sure enough, after, you know, we, we see the outline of him in the, in the wall of arrows, yeah. uh, the, the thing on screen says that he was um, executed as a, 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 as an assassin or whatever, but buried as a hero. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really, really powerful, really beautiful, really poetic. It is. Uh, flick. That moment that he is leaping towards him and then he, like, hits him with the the hilt, the pommel mm. of the sword instead of the blade. That's such an anime moment as well. Like, he's, the Emperor's reaction <laughs> is like he's been stabbed. <gasps> yeah, yeah, And then yeah, they totally. hold it for, like, ages, that expression. Yeah. They don't give it up yeah. until they're, like, he says his stuff and then the camera pans down and we see it at his waist that he's just, like, mm. hit him with the, the end of it. Mm-hmm. 
another um the only other the other uh, honorable mention for anime as fuck moments is when <laughs> uh in the red uh sequence of events snow has killed broken sword and so moon wants revenge and they're fighting yeah, the yeah. leaves uh-huh and she's like moon is up in the air flying down towards snow and she's just uh-huh. standing there totally still with her sword like looking at the ground and then she's just like <laughs> if you want to die then I'll assist you. <laughs> it's yeah, like, oh, it's shit. <laughs> so badass. Yeah, there's so many cool fight scenes in this movie. Yeah, which which one would you say is your favourite? I was trying to figure it out and it's it's hard. The I think the leaves is maybe my least favourite because I feel like the okay. CG leaves get a little bit too much. It's a, it's a bit over the, overbearing, yeah. And I think like yeah, I feel that there's some beautiful imagery in there, and especially when she's dying um, mm-hmm. and she's sort of collapsing, and she sees we see that like point of view shot of snow and all of the leaves turn red instead of orange. Yeah, That's like yeah. amazing. But there's so many fight scenes in this that they very much don't care about the logistics of a real fight and they're so much more like like beautiful dancers um, yeah it's about uh, again it's about the poetry of the yeah exactly of the characters uh, interacting through combat than yeah you know, the not even a fight of the between fight. one another is when they're defending the calligraphy school from the storm of arrows i was gonna say i think that that it's might so be one cool. of my favorite um, just for, for like the arrow stuff is cool, but the way that he moves with that calligraphy brush and the the vivid red ink oh. being you know uh, dragged across the the what you said wooden paper, it's so fucking cool. Yeah, or I guess there scroll. is actually paper. No, no, yeah, because that that scroll is like got to be made out of paper. Yeah, um, it looks like paper. That one looks what like paper. I, I wasn't thinking, but no, but like the ones that are um the ones that are yeah, in the, the library in the blue room. I are know, like I bundles of sticks. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that is that is really cool. The slow motion, yeah, when he's like sweeping the huge brush and his hair's moving as well and stuff. Fucking sexy, dude. Or like when he's um he's he's drawing in the sand still as the arrows are mm-hmm. flying through, and one of the arrows like snaps his brush in half. Oh, yes, and so then he catches, and he catches an arrow, oh, <laughs> and then snaps so the end off and just cool. keeps going. Yeah, so tough. Maybe my favorite one is I don't, I I'd really like the beginning fight scene in the chess house, but also yeah. the fight between Nameless and Broken Sword uh, when they're flying over the lake. Mm, mm. That's, that, that's really another beautiful. one where they're fighting in their minds and stuff. Yeah, and like they're playing a little bit of like uh, Tiggy back and forwards with a, like a droplet of water. Yeah, yeah, fucking tennis, dude. Yeah, tennis. Ridiculous. Yeah, watching uh, some behind the scenes for this movie, that lake was only still so that they could get that mirror reflection for like a couple of hours in the morning every day. Wow. So it was wow. like 3 a.m. to like 6 a.m. in the morning was like the only time they had to shoot. Oh, that's amazing. So it's like a ridiculous thing to to put themselves through because, yeah, yeah. It's, this, it's a real location. There's those snowy mountains in the background and there's this huge lake that's all just like completely uh, reflective and they had them uh-huh. on these gigantic cranes mm. um, holding them on wires so that they could do the fight. Yeah, it's amazing. I think my my favorite would uh, I love the 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 chess house fight scene. Um, I love the the arrow onslaught with the calligraphy brush sequence. Uh, I think uh, I I would also mention the 
um, the fight scene between Broken Sword and the King uh, when, yeah. they're, they're, when they're wearing green. I really love that scene as well. Yeah, I, I love that sequence, uh, especially the, the stuff of Broken Sword and uh, Snow uh, fighting their way to the castle. To yes. The castle. And it's just these, these two green figures, like just absolutely smashing, like literally carving them. Carving shields. Yeah, in, so many of the shields, plane. like they're it's ripping them straight so down cool. the middle. Like, that's yeah. really impressive. Yeah, um, and so that tough. huge wide shot that you see them like approaching the castle and they're like just flying along and mm. there's like fucking swords and shields and stuff like flipping up in the air, flying out of the, out of the way. Yeah. And there's like hundreds of dudes as yeah, extras. The, that's the so incredible. The scope of, of all of these scenes, but especially that, uh, is just amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, again, this movie's just a feast for the eyes. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I feel like we've just got to say it again how cool the use of color is. I don't, I can't think of any movie. I've definitely never seen something like it. I don't know if I've seen something as vivid in its mm. use of color since the way that everything is just like completely red. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. crazy. Um, and then it's like all blue. Oh, the blue, when they, when they cut back to the, uh, the library and it's, it's all blue, that is. Gorgeous, and then the the stuff of them, broken sword and and um, snow out uh, in like the the mountains, going out to where the uh, like encampment is to mm, to mm. duel with um, nameless, and and like the mountains look blue as well. Yeah, it's 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 just so gorgeous. Yeah, it's funny that they can make such a boring desert kind of landscape look so beautiful the way that they they shoot it. Yeah, yeah, and and fantastical as well, mm. uh, and and it's also it's such a, a short sequence when they're in green and stuff, but when they're when they're in green and they're working on um, calligraphy together, mm. and the like the sand that they're drawing in is green as well. It's it's just yeah, the different colors. It has sand. the it's weird the the them drawing in the different colored sand has the same kind of or a little bit of a same quality as those like oddly satisfying YouTube oh, yes, compilations. Yeah, yeah. It's just like perfectly smooth sand, and it it, look, it looks like that kinetic sand. Sorry, I have I have two autistic sisters who love that like kinetic sand uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, kinetic sand stuff, and I'm looking at them like looks like kinetic. Stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. the green stuff is really short. It is a really short segment, but it, it's really nice as well. I don't know if it's more like this. I noticed some of that calligraphy house, it's not like as vividly green as the blue and red section. Yeah. And I think that's maybe because the red stuff is uh, gently lying. The blue stuff is the emperor, his assumption of what actually happened. Yep. Yep. White, we know, is the actual... Uh, like true events happening. The green stuff mm. is also a true event, but it is like Broken Sword's flashback of stuff. So yeah, I think that it's, the- it's almost his like uh, his his looking back uh, a slight mm. a slightly idealized version of of maybe the yeah, truth. Yeah, so I think that's well, like at least that's how I read it. That the building itself isn't as bright green because it's a little bit more like that white color as mm. well. Because yeah, it's something it's, closer to reality because we, we know that it's close to reality anyway. Yeah, it's it's cool. The um the attention to detail and the just the level of thought that's gone into every aspect of this movie making it so rich and and worth thinking on. Like it encourages re- repeat viewing, but it also encourages you to think on on what you just watched and the implications of it and uh I don't know to to think on um its its themes and and what it means or or who was in the right who you know or for what reasons were were certain characters 
uh, perhaps right and and wrong. It's it's fun. It it feels uh, poetically nuanced. Mm, mm. Reading about the um, the critical response to this movie, uh, I mean, it's it's uh, it was very well received, but some people uh, felt. Uh, I'm, I'm reading the the Wikipedia summary here because you know we're on brand. Um, but some critics felt the film uh, had uh, advocated for autocracy, and and uh, one Jay Hoberman of the Village Voice deemed it to have a cartoon ideology, air quotes. Uh, and justification for ruthless leadership comparable to Triumph of the Will, which I think is a little <laughs> bit of a fucking stretch. Um, or like, I, I don't know. I I, I disagree. I feel I, I think like it's. it's I, th- I feel like it's pretty obvious that it's a, like it. It's an idealized. Like again, it's all. It's like it, it's philosophical in the way that it's yeah. idealizing these things. That it's not. It's not literally. I don't think it, it idealizes them. I think it presents the facts uh, and and then has them play out in a way that uh, has some poetry and and I I, I think some nuance to it. Uh, it. It doesn't say that like that this is always the way to go, but that at the time of this this historical event, this is where the country was at, mm. and if it was to keep going that way, the chances are that things would have been a lot worse. Who knows? But there were there were reasons to feel uh, like this was a good move, you know. Yeah. Uh, I guess is is what I got from it. And and I mean whether or not I agree with that is kind of fucking moot. Like yeah, I've never really thought like that way about it. Like I don't that that kind of doesn't factor in. Like do I agree with the events being right or wrong? It's like do I agree with with ancient Chinese history? Fucking it's ancient Chinese history. Like <laughs> yeah. the, what you think of it doesn't change what actually happened. And if you want that, I guess you can go and watch that Emperor and the Assassin movie because it's a little bit more like looking at the facts and what actually happened. This is sure. It's a fan. It's a fantasy. It's a cool like exploration of all these thoughts and ideas and the poetry behind it and all that stuff. But it's yeah. It's like no, no. I don't think China should have became a country. As it's like well, you, you what? Huh? That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that what this I think movie's? I- like about no, not really. I think to to read into that stuff, especially uh, uh, Zhang Yimou has maintained that he had no political points to make with this movie. I think that's kind of on on the viewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's it was his intent, and I certainly didn't infer that um, from my f- from either of my viewings. Mm. Um, only upon reading you know critical response stuff uh, afterwards have have I even considered that and and. I feel like to go down that path, I feel like is to miss the point. Yeah, well, uh, of the movie uh, a bit, or is to or is to 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 create a, a like an, a point that doesn't exist mm, within mm. the the film. Yeah, it's something that I've never, just like you were saying, it, it's never come to to my mind, and I've watched it mm. oh good good many times more than ten at least. So yeah, I, I feel like it's uh, any. Authorial intent is is more of a philosophical bent than a a political one. Mm, mm. That's all um, I've, and, I've and always seen. It. That shit. That uh, like you said, you're a mark for the the sword stuff. I'm a mark for the the fucking arming and iron. Arming and things philosophical. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Or I'm a, I'm a mark for for other people doing that and making it um, palatable <laughs> uh, and 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 entertaining. I was just about um, to or say finding a way to well. to do that. I think uh, well. Because I, I like reading very dry stuff and listening to very dry people talk about this stuff, but when when people manage to uh, have have like add some some poetry and some beauty uh, to 
those those ideas uh, I really I really enjoyed. I really appreciate it. I think it's it's something that is kind of unique to the form. Mm. Yeah, I think so. And when this movie is one hundred percent poetry and beauty, you can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, can't go wrong. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome back, baby. We're back. 2021. Let's do it. Uh, If you'd like to support us, the best thing you can do for us at this point is to share the podcast around. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, rating and reviewing is also very helpful. And we do still have a Patreon that you can contribute to. Uh, Chuck us as little as three bucks a month, AUD, and you can get access to uh, the podcast early, uh, some alternate artwork, and some other cool shit. We'd love to know what you thought of this week's episode or any episode. In fact, you can hit us up on Rose Tint Review on Twitter or Rose Tinted Review on Facebook and Instagram and tell us. I want to know either who's your favorite character of the mm-hmm. the, the, the fighters or mm-hmm. what's your favorite fight scene? I would say for the characters, my fa- I, I, honestly, my favorite might be, oh, you know what? I'm torn. I'm torn between uh, Broken Sword and... And uh, the king, because mm. I'm a real sucker for conflicted villains and uh, heroes, or, or, or uh, <laughs> that's a funny heroes way of putting it. Can... Broken Sword is a villain that's so conflicted he doesn't want to be a villain anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, like uh, he's a. I, well, I, I consider no, him I, one I, of the heroes. How, one of the I, I, um, how you heard it? I, how I heard it, and I thought it was. Funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. And as for the for the colors color scheme. I really like that again. I really like that almost monochromatic look of the of the king's palace and um, the, uh, the chess house. The, the chess house scene. Nice, nice. Yeah, mine's either like the chess house color palette or the green. Mm, nice. Green's real cool. How do you want to follow this up, dude? I am thinking by following it up in no way, shape, or form at all. Just completely like <laughs> hard steering. I kind of want to do House of Flying Daggers, but I thought. Like you, you picked this off of Crouching Tiger. Yeah, I think yeah. We're gonna run out take a, of these take films a break from the, really quick yeah. if we if we do that. The audience is gonna be like, enough with the Wuja. <laughs> I'm not so much with the Wuja. So I was thinking of something that we haven't done in a little while is a video game. Ooh, and okay. There's a there's a little video game that you just played a little while ago uh-huh. called Inside that you really enjoyed, yes. and I thought yep. it would be fun to go and revisit its what it was the successor of, which is Limbo. All right, awesome. Yeah, keen to do that. Arguably kind of the the beginning of that, like the big boom of like indie smaller titles coming back into... I, I would I would say uh, that and uh, if, if not that, then definitely the progenitor of the uh, big-headed small child in a <laughs> big unforgiving world simulator. <laughs> definitely that as well. Awesome. If you want to follow along, uh, we recommend you play the game. It's a relatively short game. It's also relatively cheap. It is. Um, uh, or incredibly cheap, actually. I'm sure you can get it for, like, less than five bucks. Yeah, I think so. Or uh, you alternatively, can watch it on YouTube. Watch, watch PewDiePie play it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you get that context for all the uh, babble we're going to spout next week. So join us next time when we find out whether or not our hindsight truly is 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose-tinted glasses. 